0: Broadcasting live from Baccaro, this is The Monstrous Feminine, the podcast where horrible humans talk about horror. My name is Ava and I'm joined by my community, Mila, Louisa, and Taya. And this episode, we're continuing our horror western theme and talking about the 2019 film Baccarat, directed by Kleber mendoza Filio and Juliano Dornelis. Before we get into the film, go ahead and follow us on Spotify, YouTube, or Apple Podcasts app. You can find all of our links on our Instagram at the Feminine Podcast.
1: This film centres around a close-knit community in an impoverished rural settlement, Baccarat, in the fictional region of Cerro Verde, which is blighted by political corruption. Strange things begin happening. Horses stampede, two mysterious outsiders ride through on motorcycles, the town loses signal, a drone flies over the streets, and bodies start piling up. It is eventually revealed that Westerns have invaded the region to carry out a game of murder tourism, with every death of a local equating to a point.
2: Yeehaw, y'all are a bunch of cowboys, ain't ya? Those two you shot, friends of yours? Friends? Oh, we don't shoot friends in Brazil. We come from a different region.
1: Oh, where are you from? We come from south
2: of Brazil. It's a very rich region with German and Italian colonies. More like you guys. Like us? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> They're not white, are they?
0: I base my travel off of like, for the most part, can I get away with how I look and no one's gonna stare? And Brazil is one of those places where I'm like, yeah, I feel like I can pass in Brazil.
3: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) After being in Korea, like staring doesn't even bother me anymore.
0: I can deal with it, but I don't have a pleasant experience traveling. Whereas like, when I go to a place where like, if I don't speak, I can like at least walk down the street and pass for a local, I find that I have a better time. Like I like to blend You like to pass. That's what.
1: We've talked about how the Western genre is distinctly American, but not only is its audience global, but lots of countries have taken on the genre and adapted it to their own culture, to their own national identity. I think the most famous example of that is spaghetti Westerns. I think actually when people think of Westerns, their mind goes to like a Sergio Leone film and they don't even realise that that's not American and it's Italian. Here we've got a Brazilian film that's a sort of like Genre mashup, horror, western, thriller. I
3: actually feel like this movie was very much critiquing America.
1: A lot of these films that do adopt the western will critique the western and then within that be critiquing America, especially like if that country like Brazil has also had a history of colonization. There are themes that can like be supplemented into their own history.
0: Yeah, in the way that you laid out like what makes a Western, it's that it's about like, conquering a place or a people that you believe to be like, rural and untouched, cowboys versus Indians, it's like, by all those definitions that we laid out in the last episode, like, I think this, this is a Western. I struggled with it when it started, but by halfway through, I was like, oh, I understand why this is a Western, it took a while though.
3: The Monstrous Feminist on Twitter, so please tweet us. If you do engage with our content, you just might get a shout out, and our next episode is our Witch of the Week. This episode, our Witch of the Week is Split Ins who tweeted, If you love horror and women, at the mom Pod is a no brainer. Blackheart emoji. Thanks so much, Split Ins McGee.
2: Split I hope you get some really good moisturizing, some good conditioner leave-in. and serum.
3: Conditioner. Yeah. I really love seeing you guys tweet us because it's not a platform that we have as many followers on or that we use as often but it's so sweet when we see something come through so thank you so much for following us on twitter and interacting with us there i hope you have a wonderful weekend and a great summer
1: a great yeehaw
3: summer yeehaw friendly reminder that we are also on patreon for one pound a month you gain access to our discord for three pounds a month you get to hear a cut discussion from our main episodes and for five pounds you get all of that plus a bonus episode please support us any contribution
2: helps I want to build off what Malava said, which is that this is like an evolution or an appropriation of the Western in like a different country and their own take on it and it's subversive. I also liked that instead of the typical, like, outsiders, insiders, but, like, the outsiders are the racial other, it's very much, like, switched around here to be, like, actually, it's the locals who are, like, this interracial kind of population, and they're being threatened by, like, the white people, It's just like, a subversion of that. And interestingly, actually, Manoja Dargas for The Times was talking about, like, this place and how it relates to Brazil's back country, and it's specifically about something called a Colambo, which is one of the many settlements originally founded by escaped enslaved people so in bakurao the filmmakers have created a vision of a settlement that the vindulka filho in an interview with film comment called a remix quilombo so a black community a historical place of resistance but with some white indigenous trans and other inhabitants it was just kind of an interesting dynamic of like how they're like switching around the typical use of like race in the
0: western race and region because like I don't know a lot about, you know, the different areas of Brazil, but I do know that they have this like North and South thing that the US has, but like reversed. Like if they say they're from the North or they're from the South, like you immediately understand like who they are, where their family comes from, how they got to Brazil, racially, what their neighborhood probably looked like in the way that in America, we have North, South, East and West. There was that dynamic at play, I mean, we'll get to it when we, you know, talk more about the points in the game system, but like the racial dynamics of the Brazilians who were there, who might pass as white to other people, did not pass as white to white people, would probably not pass as indigenous to the folks in Baharau either, right? They stood out racially in a way of like, if, if somebody introduces themselves to me and says, oh, I'm Brazilian, you can be any color to me and I believe you, right? Like I wouldn't necessarily like have the, the knowledge to do the historical breakdown in the way I would for an American. Like, if a Black American comes up to me and says, I'm American, right? Like, I'm listening to their accent. I'm thinking about where they're from. I'm thinking about, you know, like how many generations back have you been here? Are you like me? Are you from an immigrant? I have those interactions with every single person I meet in America because everybody here comes from like traceable ways people get here. And I think Brazil has a very similar history. Part of the transatlantic slave trade, they have an indigenous population that's, you know, still very large. And then there's like white people who have been there so long that they believe themselves to be Brazilian, right? In the same way that there are white people who believe themselves to be American. They might as well be indigenous to America in their mind. Like all of that going on. Like I wish I knew more. I think, I. agree with you Mila, like it is a very, very interesting place to be setting a Western because it does feel very American in that way. Obviously like the way that it breaks down is different, but like how every race got there and what their dynamics are like, and then the idea that there would be tourism to that place, you know, that they're rural, Areas might look like our rural areas, but this is set in a modern time, right? When we think of the Wild West and something that tumbleweeds go through, we're not thinking about modern Montana, even though that's what it still looks like in a lot of places. So I just thought this was like a really fascinating film, honestly, to like unpack as a Western.
1: It's a disservice just to say this film is simply like a Western remix when the history of Latin American cinema is very anti capitalist, anti colonization. That whole like third cinema movement was like trying to subvert the cloneless gaze so like it's obviously got like their own national cinema at play as well and like all of that cultural and historical context comes into play and i think in a really interesting but also like effective way like you said brazil has a complex history with national identity racial identity all those like pockets of communities the north south divide like it's so complicated
2: I also thought, like, the racial dynamics in here were very interesting, like what you said to I found that fascinating. Like, the kind of class alignment or, like, the lighter-skinned kind of alignment when the... Southern Brazilians were like, oh, we're from, like, a richer area. And the white people were just like, oh, you're, like, white Mexicans. I thought that was, like, a fascinating, like, dynamic and, like, the tension to explore there. I agree that this film, like, really was, like, just very interesting to watch in that way. I felt like I learned a lot about or, like, got some insight into, like, Brazilian culture, which is a bit of a grey area for me personally. I thought, like, it was so much about community and I really, really, like, enjoyed watching it. I loved how, like, every member of their society was useful in other western say like a western western if that makes sense it'll be like you know the the sex workers like disposable or like just there for like objectification but in this film when the sex worker went away with the politician that was like a still a loss like they were like very much like don't you hurt her. everyone in their society is integral and then there was one interview and i can't remember who but they were talking about how every character is significant in terms of scripting in terms of visually every death is made significant in the film like in terms of how they shot it they really do it in a way where like everyone's pretty equal like you feel it, you feel a part of the community and i do feel like in ter- In terms of it being anti colonialist gaze it very much felt like how to be ungovernable very wild west of them to be ungovernable strapped at all times too but a different take on it they were like just protecting a community that they already had rather than going out to like take or like found one if that makes sense like they're talking about their rich history and just trying to protect it it's almost
0: anti-capitalist in that sense too because like their the community could not survive if they had the same individualist mentality that's
2: what makes it like anti-wild west what you were saying about third cinema and anti-capitalist, it's very much that for me. They thought it was quite a radical film.
3: I actually like this film, like, for the same reasons that I liked Petite Maman, and, like, these are very <laughs> different films. Like, this film uses elements of sci-fi, but not in a way, the way that you would normally think about sci-fi, like, explicitly seeing something or having, like, a super high CGI budget to make these things appear scientific or fancy, or to make it more explicitly sci-fi. It's just sci-fi and, like, some of the themes that it explores, which I think sometimes the, like, genre of sci-fi itself, like, turns so much into building these elaborate like space sets and stuff that it kind of gets away from the original thing and like sci-fi and western are very blended because they're both so ingrained in like exploration or dystopian and that like overlaps so much in this movie and it's really fascinating to see and also i thought it was interesting like the general approach to the granddaughter coming back to the village and how it's very obvious that she's not an outsider versus the mayor and the western people who are in the town like it's very obvious that they aren't a part of the community and they're not working for the same things so the idea of being able to leave and come back somewhere and not having that gaze that we talked about having like in Candyman and other places where someone leaves the area and then they come back in and then they have the same colonist gentrifier gaze and that didn't happen in this movie which I really appreciated because I think it is perfectly possible to leave somewhere and come back and not have the way that you have view it be different. That in itself showed how much the community itself was able to self-preserve because the people within it weren't turning on each other or what they believed in or what they were working towards even if they left. The use of like the westerners and the mayor kind of feeds into how the U.S. has exploited a lot of the forest lands in Brazil to like make corn plantations and all sorts of things to feed people in the U.S. and also like water crisis is something that will be one of the first big issues of climate change. So I feel like this film really does cover so many different themes with a very small amount of time, which is very incredible.
0: Cause it's not world building, right? Like they also are like not aware of the technology that's being like implemented against them. Like we are confused as they are confused. I think it would have felt overstuffed if everybody knows there's like satellite blockers, everybody knows how drones work and we are being fed that information. I hate, that's my least favorite thing is like when characters are like explaining the world to each other for my benefit. I appreciated that like I'm also supposed to be confused and that's part of the mystery and horror of it.
3: I'm not gonna go super into detail on this because i don't want to honestly step on anyone's toes i know brazil recently around the same time as i elected a president who was very anti-climate change and very similar to donald trump and this film is very recent so i do feel like the ending where he's like we're just getting started is very much referencing how much the West,
2: particularly the
3: U.S., and often the worst parts bleed into Brazil.
2: Even Peter Bradshaw for The Guardian said that this is chiefly a scream of satirical defiance against new president Bolsonaro, the far-right globalizer who made his international statesman debut at Davos this year, when this came out, famously promising to make the country more open to foreign trade. This movie's closing credits pointedly note that the production created 800 jobs. I think it's in response to that, I agree. I like
1: their use of the science fiction of technology. It is really subtle, like the presence of drones. Like I think Xabi, you were saying, it's like technology that's obviously present in our current reality but it's also prominent imagery that surveillance technology in like dystopian science fiction media so like it's something that's both familiar to us but also kind of puts you in that mind frame to be like forward thinking it's a more interesting way to like comment on modernity and like feeds into the larger point of capitalism and how technology and modernity together have been at odds with indigenous communities and the like more sustainable way that they've been living and i think that's like really relevant in brazil especially and in this film like ty you were saying about the water scarcity being like an underlying plot point as somewhere with so much like natural resources that are exploited by america and lots of other countries so i feel like it's just like such a impressive way to portray that in the film
0: it is what's unsettling about it, because if i if i imagine right like the wild west the new technology was a gun Right, It was introducing guns to North America, introducing guns to native people. That was the scary, weird new thing. Whereas now we have drone technology surveillance, right? It's the jarringness of seeing something that feels too modern in a world that feels too rural to have it. I think that was unsettling about it. And I think seeing a gun in a movie to me, that feels old fashioned. And I think like the overlap between sci-fi and horror is always like, but what if the invaders had technology beyond our understanding? And They have things that we don't have right and then later as we get into westerns right the indigenous people also have guns i could see the parallels and they felt very very similar
1: it struck that balance between it being familiar technology but being like alienating to that world as we understand it as like the wild west and something that's underdeveloped in quotes it's another like central binary in the western is like progress growth civilization against like actually wanting a more simple
2: community-orientated life it's so funny because the whole point of the Western was supposed to be like living off the fat of the land, right? You know what I mean? It's meant to be self- It's contradictory at its essence. Yeah, yeah.
0: This felt very westworld like rich people paying to live out a fantasy and like it's real people. so It's like not westworld in that way where it's like the consequences are more present and also that the, I mean, I never finished Westworld, but like I assume they fight back at some point, but in this immediately they're going to fight back if they can. And that is something that we don't see, like I guess in other Westerns where it's like, the Indians are coming for us. It's like, no, they're defending themselves, you dumbass. Like, it's always framed in this, like, very weird, like, the Indians killed my daughter, blah, 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 they're savages, they killed women and children, and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, let's let's not point fingers here. But I love that this is, like, like you were saying, Louisa, like, the insiders are viewing the outsiders rather than the perspective of the outsiders coming to get or disperse or defend themselves from who are actually the insiders
3: this film like the presence of the drones to me kind of feels like i know a lot of social media and everything has just had this desire and nostalgia for simpler times and the presence of them in this film i feel like almost is a commentary on the fact that we are so modern that we can never simplify even if you don't have instagram or facebook or those things and you think you're quite off the radar there's so much cameras and surveillance in society in itself that if the government or someone wants to watch you they can like you can never just not have eyes on you there's
0: no place on earth that is untouched by cameras at this point whereas like you could build your little cabin in the woods and you're gonna show up on somebody's Google maps if they zoom in close enough
3: sometimes we forget that especially in like this craving for nostalgia and cottage core and throwback to this this era generation that we're living in because everyone is so overwhelmed by everything going on in the world. And we get so much bad news and so much anxiety about the climate and government and politics that there is this craving to be in a simpler place.
0: Still a settler colonial mindset to think that like you can escape capitalism to go to what land? Whose land? Stupid. It don't make sense. <laughs> like we are, we're already in a globalized world. It's too late. Like, and it was, and it was too late then. Like when the original settlers wanted to do it, it was also stealing.
2: I know that Brazil has like a massive issue with police brutality in the similar way that like the United States is dealing with it and it is racialized. Like Black Lives Matter was huge in Brazil. It just didn't get as much media coverage, but like as in the Black Lives Matter protests were huge in Brazil and it was just big as a movement. But yeah, and it was just very interesting how they had that scene with the child getting shot and like the dialogue that followed when the Americans were debating. And I know the Americans were not cops, but it just seemed very like reminiscent of like media narratives that we have with figures of authority. They were saying things like, oh, it was dark. He could have been like 16. I thought the flashlight was a gun and kid got nosy. He was potentially armed and you know, that kind of stuff. And obviously this is supposed to to be like a racialized community like an interracial um community i thought that was just very poignant in this film like a poignant kind of commentary on that can we talk about the nazi conversation that was bonkers following from that the when he called him a nazi yeah that was what was your take out of line
1: yeah he was like too far i liked the comedy of the film that was like kind of absurdist in the way that it would obviously be like calling someone a nazi is way worse than murder tourism i think it really like added to the point of it
3: do you think this is a commentary on how after? World War II, a lot of Nazis fled to South America.
1: Yes, they did. They give a lot of credit
0: to like nationality in this, well of course whiteness, and they talk about whiteness, but that conversation about whiteness with the white Brazilians, where they were like, well, you killed one of your own, you went too far. Right, It was almost saying like, we can't trust you to be a part of our white people plan because you're so savage, you you, you turn on your own. And they were turning around and saying, we're not one of them. We rolled up in that village. They immediately clocked us as outsiders. Like they probably read us as white. It doesn't matter to them that we're Brazilian or that we speak Portuguese or whatever. Also, the no subtitles, I realized that people are speaking English, that really jarred me. I'm like, where are they from? Oh, we're speaking English now. That made me feel like I was in a sci-fi movie. That's when I was like, they're speaking aliens. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like <laughs> here I am, like trying to get into the Portuguese. I'm not very good with subtitles, I'm a slow reader. Like I'm like I'm in the pace of this whatever. And then all of a sudden we're in English and I'm like, oh fuck.
2: And they put the most annoying american accents as well they were proper. the americans who were like okay so can we go to this like store i feel like shooting something
0: yeah so there was like a nationality thing going on but as far as like the cult of whiteness they were even exclusive about that they almost didn't know how to unpack their own whiteness in that moment everybody in that room like it was a deranged conversation to be having like in the first place
1: Nazis created their own ideals of whiteness. I don't know whether that was like part of the absurdity and the
2: ambiguity of whiteness in that room. It seemed like they slotted it in to comment on like how far-right extremism like how it's spreading and being elected globally leads to people like denying that this is neo-nazism or just nazism or or, like a variation of that like the director's trying to like comment on people being so adverse to like the being called a nazi
3: but even in the u.s like someone could literally have a confederate flag and call you the n-word and if you call them racist they will burst out in tears it is very bizarre being called it is like worse than being it in some people's mind
0: the end when the na- I'm gonna call him the Nazi comes you know he, he's like he's like the last one surviving and he's calling out the mayor's name I forgot his name he's like calling out his name he's like don't say my name I don't know you trying to distance himself from this man who's clearly been incriminated they know he did it and I don't know if the people in the town had pieced it together that the mayor is the one who like allowed all they know is this man brought murder towards them and coffins and books the audacity of this man right to like show up even to feign not understanding why people are pissed at him when he initially comes in the first time right nobody comes out of their house nobody wants to see him like fuck you know fuck a corrupt government fuck all you can do is bring us coffins like what use is that to us you're anticipating that people will die he brought drugs from foreign companies that they 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 didn't give them the clear side effects of like thank god they had a doctor right like i think other governments with like small towns they get depicted as like a bumbling government like oh they just blah blah blah. like they just don't have our resources they just it's just one guy he he doesn't know the community he doesn't know what we need he brings us blah 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 it wasn't that this man got paid to help orchestrate this thing whether, whether we don't know how much knowledge he has like what went on but enough that he knows this man by name and so when he calls him out he's like it's like he wants him to be a part of it so like he doesn't get all the blame. Like he knows he's gonna die or whatever they're gonna do to him, torture him, whatever. But he uses his last moments of life to be like, and it was this guy.
3: I mean, a lot of African countries have like the same issue with like a corrupt government who willingly will sell out in order to, like, get rich. And they don't necessarily, like, consider themselves as bad as, like, the colonizer. They're like, I'm just, like, getting rich off of this. And it's kind of like, you can't really pimp the system because the person who's always, like, the head pimp is always gonna be the person who you think is playing you. Like, there's always someone above you when you think that you're pimping the system. It's just, unfortunately, the system made against you will not pimp itself out. Like, it's just not how it works. And in this situation, like, this guy i guess he thought he could just like take the money, fuck over everyone else in the town and like get away with it. he's like almost confused as to like why this dude is calling him out. Is like i feel like sometimes people have this very separate ideal in their mind of like what it is to betray the people around you almost like how people still have like the mentality that they can become a billionaire without exploiting other people and then when like people remind them of that they're like oh no i'm not like those other horrible rich people like i didn't do that like i'm sorry you're still poor and that the people who work for me only make x amount of money but like i'm not i'm not a bad person and he has like that same thing of like well he didn't do the deeds so he's not the person who's the problem and it just kind of like shows how capitalism like melts people's brains because of course you're the person responsible regardless of whether you were bringing capital or jobs or whatever if you're doing something that's causing harm you're always the one that is also responsible it's like the myth of representation where like yeah it's nice to see people who look like me be rich but like if you did the same thing as the white person to get there why would it benefit me
2: We have to have, like, what Emma DeBury called, like, in her book, What White People Can Do Next, she was talking about, like, identity politics really only gets you so far. People forget that your politics shouldn't necessarily be aligned with people who look like me it should be aligned with people who share the same policies and ideas that's why she calls it instead of allyship she calls it like coalitions i think that's the kind of mindset that we all need to switch to
0: and this community was very coalition based right like they're successful in their I, i don't know if i want to call it revenge i don't know if that's like inappropriate but like defending themselves because they were already a society of coalition builders it's not like they became a team to do this mission right like even the white folks were not a team right they were
2: bickering they didn't agree with each other they thought one guy was worse than another guy but also they were like a multicultural society already like they didn't necessarily all look the same obviously there was like a difference and they do comment on skin color when the southern brazilians were working with white people and they were like thinking that they could be like white passing or something I found it quite satisfying, the killings.
0: Like from that from that first one with the old man's farm and they're like nude and they're getting snuck up on.
1: Amazing. I feel like Jordan Peele would really like this movie. I think there's a similar style to like get out in terms of being able to take a very complex social issue and using it in a way that doesn't feel
2: icky. That's true. We haven't seen it be woven in.
1: We've always said that we hate race and horror. We've
3: all said that on like multiple episodes. But in this case, it worked absolutely well.
0: When race and horror works, I think it works because the victims, I'm viewing air, air bunnies as Milo calls them, the victims They have agency, right? Like in Get Out, like he's not just a helpless victim, he's tied up to the chair, he gets himself out, he starts killing, which is what we want people who are marginalized in movies to do. Like what is so horrific about like, you know, we don't wanna watch indigenous people die, we don't wanna watch black people die. This, to me, the last 30 minutes of this were genuinely fun to watch. I was like, yes, get them. And it's gory and it's body horror and it's all the things that I want that are that are violent and horror, right? Oh, you got the people that were trying to get you, fantastic. It's the same satisfaction I get at the end of Get Out. I just like, from that point onwards like when they're protecting the children the women are in on it everyone is strapped and like do they like they don't really talk about guns until they have to pull the guns out and then when everybody has guns i'm like fantastic great like you outnumber them this is gonna go
2: swimmingly it was uh it was like the best shootout i've seen in a western like the most satisfying shoot i've seen in the western can we talk about that satisfying scene with those two White people try to sneak up on the naked couple and then just get just get their shit rocked. <laughs> like, <laughs> but aside from that, just made me think this film is like so comfortable with sex and nudity and bodies in general. Like, it's not the same. Come to Is Brazil? <laughs> yeah. Like, <okay>. <laughs> 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 well, it's like so interesting because I feel like. We've always seen, like, horror... Well, we've seen Western horrors, I should say, treat, like, sex and violence in, like, this really ominous way. Whereas here, it was absolutely not the case. Like, they were linked, but they weren't, like one wasn't a harbinger of another like it was just like incidental their nakedness from that not to do with like anything sexual obviously but when they have the memorial or whatever they're commemorating the grandma and her corpse is present and it's very like the body's present and they're all in this like house and they're all seeing it and i know like lots of different cultures will like have different like rituals and stuff so it's not necessarily just a brazilian culture but i was just thinking like again in horror we always see corpses as like super abject so it was like those two main things i feel like or like typical mon femme tropes like typical object things are like not at all a big deal at all in this film a lot of Western horror films rely on making horror out of gender again This film doesn't do it. They've got a trans character who's not at all the point of a horror, thankfully. She's just a part of the community. She's an integral part of the community, actually. She warns everybody coming in and, like, helps the town prepare for any person, like, coming with her partner. I assumed that was her boyfriend or something.
0: Like, I think Westerns also have this trope of, like, protect the women and children. And then it's, like, what if you are neither a woman nor a child? That's one. But also, two of, like, everybody was capable of defending themselves, I guess, apart from the children. But, like, the children were just taking the advice of the adults and like that felt really good to
1: see westerns are obviously super heterosexual very strict gender roles but the frontier like is a fucking made-up abstract space of imagination actually leaves a lot of space for any kind of community that you can dream of
0: and it did that's the thing is like the frontier was very queer because of like the scarcity of people Right? People discovered themselves. People were just being intimate with each other because of loneliness. Brokeback Bound style, but like all types of people. I think there was a lot of interracial relationships going on in the frontier. Like all of it was like out of necessity, out of scarcity, out of like, like what you're saying, like this imagined new world. No one's there to bear witness to it, right? It doesn't have the same societal rules as the place that you left to go there.
1: There are so many films that look at how masculinity within Westerns is actually like super homoerotic but I mean more in like a radical sense of like changing the way we want to imagine like community.
0: Queering things it's a descriptor not an aspiration right like it'd be cool if all places operated in this way and then we can say like okay we're queering community but queering community does not necessarily mean like everybody is queer. It just means that, you know, we perhaps we all raise our children together, which is like non-normative of a heterosexual, like mother-father nuclear family relationship. Maybe it's like there's lots of single parents or there's lots of queer relationships and other people take care of the kids during the day. It's not relying on capitalism where like the father goes out or one parent goes out and is the breadwinner. Like I'm describing like this community as queer in those respects where it seems like it's non-normative. In theory, in a world where like queerness is like, is just like a layered part of it, you could not operate in the way that a heteronormative society does. It wouldn't work, right? You can't subjugate women in the way that you used to. You can't like have nuclear families in the way that you used to. So by that, I'm saying that like, this feels like a community that has been queered.
1: Thank you for listening to The Monstrous Feminine. Be sure to follow us on Instagram, Soundcloud and Spotify at The Monstrous Feminine Podcast and on Twitter at The Mon Pod. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on TikTok at The Monstrous Feminine Pod for podcast clips and more fun. Brooms up, witches out.